0: Hey, Northeast Pennsylvania, it's Rob O'Donnell here on WILK News Radio, 103.1 FM, 910, 980, 1300 AM. It's 3.08 here, at the studio in Pittston, 89 degrees and mostly sunny outside. I'd say it's, uh, it's pretty sunny out. Best, bets. best, can't speak, I'm sorry. I'm in slow motion today, This this one day on, one day off, and this weekend. Is everybody else like in kind of a slow mode today or just a... You know, trying to get into it, and I, I really didn't do much yesterday except relax, you know, and try and, you know, recharge the batteries for the week, which I normally do on Sunday. But with the staggering weekend, you know, looking forward to this fantastic spectacular we had yesterday, and if you came down, I'm glad uh, you had a good time. If I saw you, I, we had about, uh, I'd say about a dozen listeners stop by and introduce themselves. Uh, some of them I was able to get to, some of them I was actually on the air, or I saw after the fact, uh, you know, after 6 o'clock. I appreciate you guys coming down, and introducing yourselves, and uh, you know telling me what you like about the show. And, and I appreciate uh, appreciate seeing seeing the listeners out there. It was a really nice time. This Scrantastic spectacular was was a a great event. Was a really good time. It really uh, the weather held out. It it, it parted for Scranton. It uh, you know saw that that people needed uh, to get out and about and be around each other, and that's what it did. It may be drizzled for about thirty seconds here and there twice, uh, but nothing, nothing major, nothing sustaining. Like I said, it was only lasted less than a minute, thirty seconds. Uh, you know, a little slight drizzle, some drops, but that was it. Other than that, the sun was uh, shining pretty much throughout the event. There were a ton. Ton, I'm still recovering from the food trucks that were there, uh, everything and anything from the fudge to the rice, to the, to, to the, rice puddings, to the coal fired pizza ovens that uh, I, I've never seen that in the back of a truck before. It was, it was a food truck that had on the side of it, it was just a brick oven, uh, coal fired pizza. And, uh, it was all phenomenal. Ice cream, soft serve ice cream, the fudge. Uh, did I mention fudge? Because I, I had plenty of it, um, but it was just a good time. It was a good time. It was nice to see families, uh, people of all ages, from uh, groups of teens having a good time walking around to groups of 20-something, you know, walking around having a good time, families, kids, you know, our older community members were out and about, had their chairs, you know, set up to watch the uh, the Pennsylvania Philharmonic, Northeast PA Philharmonic uh, perform, which was just outstanding. They were right next to us, right next to where I was broadcasting, and uh, it, it's always good it, it's... It was uh, listening to them play in the background and how hot it was and sitting there, e- even under the tent, it was it was almost like you were at Disney, uh, you know, to have that music playing in the background, same type of, of music. But it was it was a good time. Uh, how was your 4th of July weekend? Uh, hopefully you recharged the batteries. Hopefully you recognized what the 4th of July is truly about. And uh, hopefully you spent time with your friends and family, because that... that first and foremost, is what's important in this world. We really need to get back to the basics. And that starts, you know, with our with our core people around us, with the people we choose to surround ourselves with. And, uh, you know, I, I often get a hard time uh, from, from my wife that says, you know, S- you treat some of your friends better than you treat some of our extended family. And I was like, well, I get to choose my friends. I- I'm kind of stuck with my family, so... If I if I spend a lot of time with them, or if I don't spend a lot of time with them, you know that's my choice at this point. But you know they are still family. You still have to treat them as family. But you know, your friends and, and your core people that you choose to, to surround yourself with on a day in and day basis, you choose them and choose wisely, because we are uh, we are judged by the company we keep. We are looked at differently if you you hang around with people who. Are considered undesirable, or, or just don't have the same core values as yourself, and uh, you know a lot of them. Growing up, you know you, you've you've outgrown a lot of people you grew up with back then, and you've moved on. But they're they're still part of your lives. They still should be treated as such. I'm not saying to shun anybody, but we really need to, like I said, get back to the basics of the people that we surround ourselves with, and I, I choose that small group very very carefully myself. Um, that's just the way I've always chosen to be. I'm a very, you know, I'm not uh, introverted is a bad word, but I keep my circle small. Um, I, I definitely keep my circle small. I always have, um, find yourselves a small, good group of dedicated friends and family members around you that, that you would go through hell with and that you would go through their hell with. And, uh, you know, that's kind of the way I've chosen to choose the people around me. And uh, I found it's worked for me. You know, there are people out there who who are just the life of the party and have tons of friends. And, and, you know, one of my children are like that. They're very sociable. They're outgoing. They have that bubbly personality. and, And that's a great thing to be if that's what you want to be. And that's how you want to be. And it has its benefits as well. I choose differently. I choose to keep, you know, my very close friends close to me. And uh, and go through life in in that way with people I can trust and people that I can bounce things off of and people that I feel comfortable around all the time. And that's that's again that's just me. But we really need to uh, to find our core values back, and that starts you know with with how we how we act ourselves, how we treat others around us, and that's stuff that we have direct control over as individuals. And then. You know, that family faith and the freedoms of life that gives us and and whatever that is for you, whatever your faith is, it doesn't have to be a specific faith. It doesn't even have to be, you know, any faith in particular, just something that that grounds you, you know, with a higher being that you can pray to or, you know, close your eyes and think to and uh, connect with your family members that are no longer with us. You know, both my parents are not here any longer so, uh, you know, I find a uh, great solemn in, in my faith over the past, I'd say six or seven years, I've really dove into my faith, you know, personally myself, not, not pushing it on anyone else, not even my own family, not forcing them or, or encouraging them, you know, to do things. You know, I just decided I wanted to have a better grasp of the Bible, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, um... And I did. I really took a deep dive into it, reading them both from cover to cover, you know, highlighting and taking notes and, and really just for myself to have a better understanding of it. And I I think it's helped me as a person. It's helped me as a man. It's helped me as a husband. It's helped me as a father. And, and that's what I've done. And, and I even you know found a, an American translated version of the Koran because I wanted to understand other religions as well. You know, especially during the time when we were at war and people were weaponizing religion for hate and such like that. So I wanted to have a better grasp on it, but it's hard to find a a good American translated Koran. I've spoke to some friends who were of the Muslim faith who who directed me in and it it did help me, but again it's it's the translation a lot's lost in that translation there um, but that's just what I've chosen to do now, like I said, hopefully you've spent time with your with your family and those around you today. Most of the people I know that's what they did especially yesterday, I tried to spend as much of the day yesterday in a pool as I could uh, to the point where my my fingers either got pruned or the storms came through. And again, it it rained for 10, 15 minutes, a little, got dark, a little thunder rumbled, and then it was clear and the sun was out again and everything dried up. But that in and out kind of only lasted once or twice and then it was enough of that. But I I definitely got my pool time in, but uh, it was just my wife and I at home. All the kids are doing other things. Um, my daughter is in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, training on uh, one of our our actually it's a LDS Marine Expeditional Unit uh, on one of our ships, the USS Wasp. Uh, my son reported today for uh, Super Hornet school in Naval Air Station Oceana in Virginia, and uh, my middle daughter, who's in nursing school, who's working in a local hospital here during the summer, it you know, was out. In Western PA, enjoying enjoying some camping and stuff with her boyfriend and their family and came home last night. So it was just my wife and I. We both went to the Scrantastic Spectacular. So if you were at the Scrantastic Spectacular, that yes, that was her, my better half, sitting next to me a lot of the times. A lot of the times she was wandering around, you know, looking at the food trucks and, uh, you know, telling me, me where we should go eat once I was off the air. But the, the fireworks are outstanding. They were truly right there on the rooftop of the garage. Um, Broadcasting was great. You know, the remote location, there were no issues, had a great time there. But it looks like uh, the Scranton police were uh, received a deluge of fireworks calls on the 4th of July, which is kind of expected. And in law enforcement, it's kind of an ongoing, I shouldn't say joke, but it's, yes, I understand fireworks are going off, and I know Scranton, I know Wilkesbury. a bunch of municipalities across our area have gotten to great efforts in um, kind of guiding where and when fireworks can be fired off, if they can at all. And there's been legal issues about it and, um, you know, administrative laws that have been put up by these uh, townships and municipal municipalities. But you have to realize they are administrative laws. I, I understand if your dog's going crazy or – you know, if the fireworks are being shot off and you're worried about your car, you're worried about your property. I mean, it seems like there were people hosing down awnings of their house because they were getting struck by the remnants of fireworks. And, and I, I understand that, but our, our police officers out there, our law enforcement, our 911 systems, and I don't know if Scranton or Wilkes-Barre has a nine emergency number that they can filter those to the police department without taking up our 911 center uh, time and uh you know, clogging them up with calls for service. But it seems like the Scranton police is one, and I'm sure it was police all over. But, you know, since Scranton is one of the bigger cities in our area, you know, it was documented the best where they were going from, you know, one dangerous display to another dangerous display to another dangerous display. And you have to realize if you're calling, you know, unless there's some danger to life property, um, it is just an administrative violation You know, they will come across, see it. They will do things. They have the discretion, our officers out there. But just realize that it is the 4th of July. There are other things, the normal day-to-day issues that our police departments, our ambulances, and our fire departments deal with are also happening. You have to realize that. And, yes, I understand at the time you're calling and you're seeing these fireworks or you're seeing something, that's the priority to you. I get that. And it should be. Um. But just realize if you didn't get the response or it took longer to get to things that, that you thought it should have, it's really not the fault of law enforcement. It's really not the fault of uh, you know, our fire ambulance. They are still dealing with all the other issues. You had a lot of people from out of town. You had a lot of tourists in our area. So it was probably you know, up to, to two or threefold what they would normally deal with as far as crime, as far as property crime, as far as injuries, as far as people getting sick. So, um, you know, just realize that when they respond, they, they they do do the best they can time and time again. But if if they warned and admonished, which is something, you know, that that that's the discretion that our law enforcement does have. If they did say they'd follow up with an administrative fine later, you know, let the process work. And, uh, you know, I've seen some people, I saw some people on social media really bashing our law enforcement like, Oh, we just passed an ordinance on uh fireworks and they came and they didn't care and no no, they do care. But you have to realize in the context of things, first of all, there's a learning curve because a lot of these these uh code violations that they put in administrative fines are new. So not only does law enforcement and our professionals need to learn these things, but also the community needs to learn them. And you know, the same people who would say, Well, why didn't you write my neighbor a fine for shooting fireworks would be the same one that says well, I was only going eight miles over the speed limit. Why'd you give me a ticket? So please, just put it in context. It was overall, I didn't see much of uh, any real great disturbances in our area, which is a great thing. Fourth of July. If you looked at cities, we're going to talk about some of them, Philadelphia and Chicago and New York, where you know some tragic things happened. We we kind of did pretty well here in Northeast Pennsylvania. It's three twenty one here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell show after this. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's three twenty-four here at station in Pitts ninety degrees and mostly sunny outside. Is that part of the show where we do Rob's rundown? These are things that are happening in our atmosphere. They're headlines and stuff in the news that are around us, but uh, we probably won't get into them in depth during the show unless you call and want to expand on them. But uh, they're happening in our atmosphere. We should be aware of them. So here's Rob's rundown for this Wednesday, July fifth, twenty twenty-three. A Scott Township man arrested for assaulting his far city aunt. Ransomware criminals are attacking school systems across the uh, the nation, and it seems to be an uptick in that. Wilkesbury police are looking for a sexual assault suspect, and a pedestrian was killed by a vehicle in Wilkesbury as well. For the state of Pennsylvania, fireworks are legal. In a growing number of our towns and cities, they are severely restricted. Uh, Will they get on the same page? Seems to be counterproductive. Luzerne County prepares for a free and clear tax auction. And Joey Chestnut does it again at the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest in uh, Coney Island. The Patriotic Sheets gas sale proves popular. Luzerne County to decide how to spend opioid settlement funds. A burglar was shot entering the home, a home in Pottsville. And the coroner was called to a Susquehanna River, to the, the Susquehanna River in Bradford County. We all know what that means. And that's it for Rob's Rundown on this Wednesday, July 5th, 2023. You know, just to touch on that, uh, Patriotic Sheets gas sale provi- proves popular. Uh, man did it. I uh, I stuck it out and went down there about 10 o'clock on uh, yesterday, on Tuesday, the 4th of July. And the line was, the, the lines, I should say, because there were lines coming from all different directions, north, south, and east uh, to the, to my specific sheets in, in Carbondale Township. And I went down there and I waited about 25, 30 minutes in line. Uh, but I got super, I filled up my truck, uh, which was close to empty. I was 52 miles till empty. So, uh, I filled up my truck with super gasoline for about 32, $33. So I saved about 40 bucks and, uh, you know, it was worth it, you know, 25 minutes, 30 minutes for, to save uh, 40 bucks. Uh, it was definitely worth it. There were people from <laughs> all over. I saw motor homes, people with lawn equipment in their back of their pickup truck gassing up the, the lawn equipment and their vehicles. People with canisters filling up canisters for whatever they do around the house they need gasoline for but if you were unaware of what was going on Sheet, the sheets chain of gas stations in Pennsylvania sold all their levels of gas except diesel for a dollar seventy seven point six so uh you basically got gas for a dollar seventy seven uh and it was a good it was a good uh good value um it wasn't enough for for my wife to go down there and wait online. I told her I'd been down here for a half an hour and she said she'll pass. She only needed a half tank of gas. Where I, I, I took almost a full tank of gas, so it was worth it. But uh, a lot of people, I mean, figure a motorhome takes what 150 200 gallons of gas. And if if they were, if there was no limit, which I don't know if there was or not. Uh, I know I was able to get over 20 gallons. So I don't know know when it shut you off or it was just. I, I know it ended when they were out of gas, and I know when my daughter looked to come home from Western PA later in the day yesterday that sheets gas station out in western pa was out of gas but uh hopefully they do this uh i don't know if they do this every year hopefully they do it again it was a great uh sent a great signal to uh the communities it was a great uh, advertisement for the sheets chains and and it was a great show of patriotism for selling gas for 1776 um So uh, let me know if you if you got on your the the sheets line near you to get your gas. Like I said, if I didn't need almost a full tank, I probably would have bypassed it and you know, ate the ten bucks I would have saved. You know, if I only needed a quarter or half a tank of gas, but you know, like like I said, saying I needed a um, almost a full tank of gas probably saved me about forty bucks. So it, it was worth it. So, you know, hopefully uh, you saved a little and were able to get out, too, if you got to your sheets on the 4th of July for this patriotic sale. Something I saw in the news that uh, kind of grabbed my attention and I figured I'd just pass along to you in the next uh, minute we have here is, if do you remember the Cuban castaway boy, Elian Gonzalez, that was all over the news? There's that big picture of the SWAT team entering the house when somebody was holding him in the closet and they were taking him. And we ended up returning them to the parent in uh, Cuba. Well, Ilian Gonzalez became a lawmaker in Cuba recently, and uh, he's twenty-three year old, twenty-three years old now. I am sorry, twenty-nine years old now. Uh, twenty-three years ago was when the internet the international custody battle happened, but he's twenty-nine now, and he's stepping into Cuban politics. Um, he recently entered the country's Congress in hopes of helping his people at a time of record immigration and heightened tensions between the two seaside neighbors so uh you know i found that interesting that uh he is a congressperson in in cuba now so uh you know i passed that along to you you could find it interesting like i did or you could care less it really is that easy it's uh 331 here at wilk we'll be back after the news with paul michaels Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. Like you heard, Kurt Aaron just say, it's ninety degrees and mostly sunny outside. Pretty swelterly. Three thirty-six here at the station. Have you been following this uh, basically free speech case against the Biden administration that was started by uh, Attorney General Andrew Bailey of Missouri uh, yesterday? The Missouri Attorney General received a uh, in order to halt what the court described as the Biden administration's massive attack against free speech. That's in quotations. That's not me saying that. That's the court judge saying massive attack against free speech, unseen before in the United States. Some notable points from the judge's order in the landmark free speech case, Missouri versus Biden, is the judge noted the censorship emanating from the federal government, looks a lot like George Orwell's 1984. That, and again, quote, the evidence produced thus far depicts an almost dystopian scenario and that the feds appear to have, quote, assumed assumed a role similar to an Orwellian ministry of truth. That's direct from the judge's finding there. The court points out that the 20,000-plus pages of evidence uncovered, display the frightening coercion and collusion occurring between the feds and social media companies. The court found that this evidence showed unrelenting pressure by federal officials and had the intended result of suppressing millions of protected free speech posting by American citizens. The court also found that the evidence shows the feds-targeted almost exclusively conservative speech, except when they decided to target the president's political opponent who was running against him in the Democratic primary. And there's just a couple of uh, disturbing facts that the court found. At least 22 times the White House defendants engaged in coercion to introduce social media companies to suppress free speech. They made it very clear to social media companies, what they wanted suppressed. Faced with an un- unrelenting pressure from the most powerful office in the world, the social media companies apparently complied. Here, the court orders find that the feds didn't just force content takedowns, they also coerced social media platforms to change their policies. The feds have been trying to defend their acts by saying tech companies just censor according to their terms of service. Not so. Tech companies were forced to change their terms of service due to pressure from the Biden's White House. One policy that companies uh, were pressured to adopt or change was their hacked materials policy. Here, the court noted that the FBI repeatedly pushed tech companies to adopt a new policy prohibiting posting hacked materials. Now, we've talked about this earlier when I started here, probably in February ish, how there was a former FBI agents had their own onboarding to go work for tech companies like Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and such like that. So, uh, you know, not only did they have their own backdoor way to become employees of these agencies, but it looks like when they were still active working for the FBI, working under the Biden administration, they were forcing these tech companies, these social media companies, to change their policies to benefit their stances. And you or I only call that one thing. That's suppression of speech. I mean, the government should not be in the business in curtailing any point of view. And they have been, and we're seeing evidence of this and in this this news isn't really out there. I mean, there were a couple of news agencies that covered it, but it really hasn't been pushed. And we're going to talk about this news narrative and how things are put out there. When we talk at the four o'clock hour, we're going to talk about that shooting in Philadelphia where I'm sure a lot of you don't know why it's not being pushed that, that uh, it's not being pushed that the details behind the shooting You know, you had Larry Krasner in uh, Philadelphia obviously point to guns and actually go on a rant of the Pennsylvania gun laws and attack the Pennsylvania legislature. But when you look into the details and the facts behind the shooter in this case, it kind of is eye-opening to, but not unsurprising, why they're distracting from who the actual shooter was, but let's blame the guns and gun laws in Pennsylvania. And again, any shooting is tragedy, any loss of life is tragedy. But this molding of this, and, and you know, I already got a text message, and go figure, a Trump-appointed judge made this ruling. Now, you've heard that a lot, the judge, the Trump-appointed judges. They said that with the, the the lawsuit just the other day. And these judges have been appointed by both sides. Just because Trump is the most recent in a group to appoint them doesn't mean he's Republican, doesn't mean he's Democrat. A lot of these judgeships are bartered deals between the two parties most often time, like the judge that they say was a trump trump appointed uh, appointed judge the last time, the last case that came out with the uh with the the classified documents, well, he was appointed by Obama before that. and it was just a group of judges that was pushed forward through a bipartisan negotiation where they say, hey, this is the group of judges we'd like you to pass, and these are the things we'll concede to or give you or you give us in exchange for that. That's the way that works. It's 3.42 here at WILK. We'll be back with the Rob O'Donnell Show in just a minute. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show on WILK News Radio. It's 3.46 here at the station. Like I said, 90 degrees and sunny out there. It's hot. Um... I'm just looking through some text messages now, and, and again, uh, you know, we started off with, go figure, a Trump-appointed judge made this ruling. Yeah, Trump, Donald Trump, in August 3rd of 2017, did appoint this federal judge, but he was approved on March 6th, 2018, by a Senate vote of 98 to 0, uh, unanimously for the people who were there at that time. So... What is it? What does that mean? I mean, I, I don't get. I, I understand you want to point fingers at, at you know the big bad Donald Trump, and, and and I get it, but you know anytime one of these judges, one time any judge makes a ruling now, you you kind of fall flat on your face by saying, well, this is a Trump plant that he got and put in a position he shouldn't have been in, and, and no, he he nominated this individual to be a judge, and the Senate approved it unanimously, so. What is what does your attack mean there? Like like the last judge, you know, over the, the documents case was, uh, you know, there was a Trump appointed judge. Well, OK, well. He was also appointed from by Obama before that to a lower federal position. So what, what's the point? But I understand you want to you want to grasp at something. And I agree here. No, another text message. No, Rob, it wasn't a Trump appointed judge. It was a judge that would actually follow our Constitution instead of legislating from the bench, his agenda. I get it. You know, this on either side. How can you be partisan about the federal government, regardless? If it, now it's it's for you, but sooner or later it's going to be against you. Just like you know the nuclear option when it came to Supreme Court judges. That was all great when Harry Reid did it, but he was warned from the Senate floor. You are going to regret this when you're no longer in power. And you're seeing the fruits of that now. But it's something that the Democrats, Harry Reid, did and now regrets it. So here you like what the FBI is doing with with tech companies, with social media companies, by limiting and restricting speech, by guiding their policies because it benefits them, or to the way that benefits them. But it's not going to be you guys in charge all the time. It's not going to be the other side. How can you... How can you pick a side when it comes to freedom of speech? How can you say this is a a bogus ruling because the judge was appointed by Trump? The judge said that the federal government, regardless of who's in power, the federal government is intimidating social media companies to not only remove stuff they don't like, but to rewrite their policies to benefit the way they want to enforce things. That's not the way America works. That's not the way... Our given rights work. So how can you look at this through a partisan lens? And I get it, simply for the fact that it benefits you at this moment. But once this status quo is in place, once the control and powers switch, which they do, it, it, Washington is renowned for the ebbs and flow of power. That's just the way our government works. It's going to work against you. So why would you be against this? Why would you be trying to label this, oh, it was a Trump-appointed judge, or regardless of who it was, any judge? Look at the merits of the case. Look at what they were doing. Read the facts. But you want to look at everything through a, a, a partisan lens. You want to look at everything through these glasses where you hate an individual so much. You hate what's going on so much. You'll throw your rights out the window to get even. And that's not the way that's supposed to be. It's uh, time for the Bloomberg Money Minute. We'll be back. Welcome back to the Rob O'Donnell Show here on WILK News Radio. A lot of text messages coming in on uh, you know what we were talking about just before. And, again, you really have to look at the big picture here and with our, our basic rights like a freedom of speech. I mean, how can anyone say, yeah, they're okay with the FBI – telling social media companies what people should be allowed to say. At its core value, it's it's against the Constitution. That's it. It's as simple as that. And, and thankfully, that's the way that was ruled here. We'll see where it goes from there. There wasn't much said from the press office on this, uh, as we didn't expect there was going to be. But uh, I just don't get the people who just want to point fingers and try and denounce and say, well, you know, this is a Trump appointed judge, so it's okay. It's not okay that he did this. You know, it's 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 a, it's a bogus argument when when you probably don't very know little about the case. Like I said, twenty thousand pieces of evidence that shows that the FBI had a, a a hotline to these social media companies, not only to tell them what and what to take what to take down and what not to take down, but to attack either political opponents on the Democratic side, which, which you're seeing out in the open now. You're seeing, regardless of their chances or not, with the two Democratic presidential candidates that are trying to debate or try to primary Joe Biden, they're just ignoring they're there. They're just ignoring anything. And primaries serve multiple roles in in our society. And it's not always about, well, this person doesn't have a chance to win. You know, they shouldn't be. They should be discounted. That's not the case because people who go up against a nominee like a President Biden, it's important the questions that are asked. It's important of the debate that's back and forth. I mean, if, if you look at the the, the the Democratic presidential debate from 2020 where you had Kamala Harris who had was the lowest polling person in the primary against Joe Biden— talking about how you know she was one of the children that he forced as a senator to to be bust out of the area. You know those were very poignant back and forths. And again, even though she was polling at what, less than 2% at the time was the first to drop out because she was disliked by the entire Democratic party but became vice president anyway. To say those debates aren't important, to say there's no need to have those debates are doing a disservice to Democrats and the nation, the country, because with the president, Joe Biden, they've limited him. They've limited him with his back and forth openly with the press. The press has treated his entire administration with kid gloves. He is not going back and forth with uh, people competing for political views on his own side. What's going to happen when it comes down to the general? Plus, it's practice for him. It's practice for Joe Biden to get in the arena and have a question and answer back and forth with other people who are going to challenge him and not cater to him with kid gloves. Does he, does he not debate when it comes to the general election? I don't think he will. But we'll see that when it comes. We'll see what happens when it comes. Um, have you guys noticed... What's up with this increased with the shark activities all over the place? I've seen pictures of friends down in the Pensacola area with huge thrasher sharks, you know, and hammerheads going between the beachgoers down there. But up here in New York, there there were five apparent alleged, some of them are just alleged because of the injuries that were sustained. But there were five shark attacks in Long Island in New York's beaches just this weekend from July 3rd to uh, yesterday. So uh, and they had a drone picture of fifty sand tiger sharks massing right off of uh, New York Long Island's most popular beach, Robert Moses State Park Beach. There and they they kept the beach closed in the morning while they were out about a hundred and two hundred yards from shore. But we have had five people there. I, I've never maybe just because of social media and such. Now I've never seen. The amount of, and none of them have been serious. None of them are, are been critical. They're all minor injuries, you know, lacerations and puncture wounds to either the calves, feet, or legs, or hands. Um, but I've never seen the uptick like I've seen here before. You know, I know going down to the Pennsylvania, Pensacola, Orange Beach area down there, the water is truly clear. You know, you could be up as deep as your neck and you could see your feet in the water down there. So, you know, Seeing sharks are a lot easier to do, but with these big hammerheads and thresher sharks down there in and out and all the sightings there have been here and I was up in the, the Cape Cod area and the, the great whites that are there, you know, the day after I was there, there was a seal attacked uh, and ate right off the beach where I was hanging out by a great white. I've just never seen the amount and attention that I've get that I've seen, you know, over the past year started last year and now and they say you know because of COVID there weren't a lot of people in the water now there's more people in the water but I think is think this is something more um and I don't know I don't have any answers to it but I've just never seen the amount of issues that I've had five five shark bites in Long Island New York alone just in the past two days it seems a bit much so uh you know, something to keep an eye on. Something if you're definitely keep an eye on if you're down at the beach or in the water. It's Rob O'Donnell here on Wilk News Radio. We're coming up on the four o'clock hour. We'll be back after this.